You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back to another issue of Imagine If. This week we have a very interesting, uh, what's it called? Challenge? Throwdown. <laughs> throw yeah. like, we got a throwdown um, challenge. Let's put them both together. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, our, our friend Ian, uh, who's been on the show before, um, sent us, sent forward a, um, uh challenge but not that one that was particularly sent to us it was uh, one that was on the internet uh on twitter and he sent it to us said hey this would be a cool challenge and we did a little bit of a tweak to it so the original challenge was from uh on twitter is at and comics and with an e and uh it's if batman and spider-man switched rogues for a day who do you think would fare better what villains would give uh, which heroes the hardest times? Which matchups would you want to see most? Batman versus Sinister Six, Spider-Man versus Bane. What do you all think? So we took that and we we kind of ran with it a little bit because as Chris pointed out that the more equivalent to Spider-Man's villains is uh, the Flash's villains, right? The the rogues. Yeah. Yeah, the rogues are way more in tune with the uh, with the Sinister Six, with Spider-Man villains because like I look at Spider-Man villains. I feel like the only one that is Batman-esque would probably be Green Goblin, just because of ins- of his insanity, and you know maybe Venom. But nowadays, with Venom being an anti-hero, it's it's one of those things. But yeah, I thought I thought you know it's like hey, Wally is like the Flash is really also known for having a great rogues gallery. Like if you sit down and look at comic books you really only have three great sets of rogues and they come from batman flash and spider-man so i thought hey wouldn't it be a little bit more fun if we took those heroes because even as you pointed out mitch like wally and peter are very close in personality so it's like this wouldn't be too bad because if i think about it like you know doing that idea of having the rogues go against or sorry having spider-man's villains and batman fighting against each other Spider-Man's villains would be crying. You know, they'd be like, oh, God, why? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, Batman would it, totally it, just punch Doc Ock in the face, break his glasses, and, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't hit a man with glasses, right? No, he would. <laughs> uh, so, that's a, yeah, that's I definitely think that was a, a much better um, uh, matchup, so to speak. So, uh, in this challenge... Chris is going to take Wally West and I'm going to take Peter Parker and each of us gave the other villains to go up against and we'll see uh, who fares better in our opinions. So uh, that will be our challenge for today. But first, as always, we got to get to our spinner rack because it's new comic book day. 
Yep. All right. So let's start with Tuesday. So if you go to your local comic shop on Tuesday, you should be able to pick up all the new products from DC Comics. So what do we have coming at us? We have Batman issue 99. So this right here is pretty exciting because it is part five of the Joker War. I actually got to do an advanced read on this one. So that way I could uh, review it. I was I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was great, but it's one of those issues where there's a lot of standing around. But if you're a wing nut, a Nightwing fan, you need to pick this one up because this is the moment he doesn't put on the costume yet, but he gets the costume back. So the cover is going to mislead you with Batman and Nightwing standing side by side, but it's it's one more step closer to the full return of Dick Grayson being Nightwing again. So I'm pretty hyped for that. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Um, Catwoman issue 25 is going to be pretty pivotal because on this cover, they talk about the Riddler, Penguin, and Catwoman combining forces to go basically do a giant heist. Uh, the seed of that is actually planted in Batman 99. So this is going to be interesting because what is Catwoman doing teaming up with villains to rob a bank? So could that have some effect on her relationship with Bruce? So that'll be pretty wild to see. Uh, Deceased Dead Planet number one. This is the... I, I don't know how to state this, but this is the direct sequel to Deceased, featuring the original creative team behind Deceased. Uh, they've come together. They brought that world back. I've been enjoying it so far. So issue one is getting a fourth printing, a very interesting look at Poison Ivy. And then issue two is getting a second printing with a black and white cover. So that's going to be pretty wild. Uh, and then here's where the big money is this week. Detective Comics, 1000 27. That's right. They took our money at issue 1000 and they're back for more. Uh, so this one's going to have a lot of creative coming back. We're going to see all kinds of Batman writers and artists from all kinds of errors coming back. And of course, with this being the giant anniversary issues, they're doing covers galore. I really enjoy this uh, Lee Bejermo. I hope I always say his name right. I enjoyed this cover of his because it's got his modern take of Batman and Nightwing. But then in the background, he's got the classic, you know, Batman and Robin look to him. Um, J. Scott Campbell. uh, I was going to say, I'm liking that Jason uh, J. Scott Campbell one. Yeah, Yeah, that one's really neat. Uh, Him and Batgirl in the Batcave. Uh, He just he draws great they have dynamic poses of course and it's it's that that pinup art but it's just he does a great job with the costumes and the physique of the characters so yeah no that that one is really neat as well uh i'm glad to see art germ is getting some more work too so he's gonna have a batman and batwoman cover so that one looks really dynamic as well uh frank quietly gets in on the action with batman and damien oh so each, each one of these covers is batman with someone else Pretty much yeah yeah i mean that's interesting i wonder like what the editor was like hey you're gonna get superman you're gonna get damien and like no there's no repeats yeah yeah it is pretty wild like it's i i like this theme like i do like the time travel theme you know like here's the 30s the 40s and so on covers but at the same time these allies and enemies i think they're really neat you know it's it's grabbing artists and showcasing so yeah uh, Jim Lee huh. gets Superman and Batman. Jim Chung gets Batman and Bane, or Batman versus Bane. Oliver Kopiel, uh, Batman with Harley Quinn. Gabriel Del Otto, and that's such a shame. Like this one, I, I feel 
I wish they would have given him a, a and no offense to Scarecrow, but I wish they would have given him a better villain because Gabriel Del Otto just has amazing talent and he's got a Batman Scarecrow cover. So it's like, oh man, I really wish I, because the way he draws his, his detail, I think he would have been great for like two face or Joker mm-hmm. just because those the, the face that those characters have. Um, Adam Hughes, he gets Batman and Catwoman. So that one's kind of neat. Um, I, I trust you can see this as well. Yeah. The, uh, the physique of Batman is just really interesting though. That looks painful. <laughs> when it was, uh, when, when it was just the thumbnail, I was like, Oh, is that uh man bat on the cover? But yeah, that's, that's interesting how he yeah. decided to draw Batman. And then he's got Catwoman sneaking right in the corner there. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. we've got Mark Silvestri. So that's pretty cool to see him back at DC. So he's got the big Batman versus Joker cover. See, uh, and then you've got your, that's got, that's got to be quite the, honor like everybody gets picked certain people to be on the cover with him and you get picked to do the batman joker one like you don't think of batman without thinking of the joker so that's that's yeah right yeah no it's it is it's a big thing it's like oh i got that villain like that's that's pretty exciting so yeah major props to mark there um i like this even the standard blank variant cover like they went with this baby blue essentially. Um, I think the first time they started doing that because most of the time the the blank covers are just standard white board. Um, this time they're doing colors, and I think that started with Green Lantern season two number one. So they're like, "Hey, he's called Green Lantern. Let's make it a green book." So mm-hmm. I like that they're doing that. I think that because that way, you know, when you get somebody to draw it, you're getting free coloring in a sense, you know. So that's not too bad. True. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's going to be a ton of choices for you. Whatever letter L is in the alphabet, that's how many choices you've got. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Justice League issue 53. Uh, Justice League is going to get exciting again because we are tying into death metal now. So it looks like Detective Chimp, Nightwing, Hot Girl, and a couple others are going to be becoming the new Justice League. And they've got to do the best they can to save a world that is totally effed up um yeah it looks like cyborg i think starfire are a part of that team as well so that'll be really interesting to see this one is an issue i want to make sure you get a chance to read mitch um we're gonna get the dark multiverse metal men metal men number 10 by dan didio and shane davis they're gonna introduce us to a uh a version of the metal men so i think that'll be pretty wild to see I mean, it makes sense to have the Metal Men show up in uh, Death Metal, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, get as many characters as you can, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, I think that'll be pretty wild. Uh, let's see. Strange Adventures gets a, I don't know what you call this. I, like, it's a second printing, but it's also going to be a director's cut. Oh, so this wow. is the new one by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Uh, they're going to be teaming up. So you can choose either cover. You can get the Doc Shaner happy-go-lucky Silver Age style, or you could get the Mitch Gerard's uh, Gloom style cover there. So, But it's neat because with the uh, director's cut, you get script and you get bonus story. So there's a little bit more inside that one for you. Uh, Strange Adventures issue three is getting a second printing, and issue four is getting a second printing as well. Uh, and those are nice covers that feature Dr. – sorry, uh, Adam Strange. <laughs> Dr. Strange, wrong company. Um, <laughs> 
Adam Strange and Mr. Terrific. So that's really neat looking stuff there. Uh, Teen Titans issue 45 will be out. They're starting to come to a conclusion. Batman Curse of the White Knight. This is the sequel. Um, this one is finally getting released in hardcover. So if you've been waiting on that story, now is the time to pounce. And let's see, Hawkman is getting a trade paperback collection, The Darkness Within. That book's actually been doing really well under uh, uh, Robert Venditti, so that's good to see. And then, because Robin just had his uh, 80th anniversary, well, more in the form of Dick Grayson, but Robin, the 80 Years of the Boy Wonder hardcover will be released. So that's going to have a ton of classic stories throughout the era of Robin in as many various forms as heroes. So that's all your DC stuff coming at you Tuesday. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday is when all the other comics will be released. So we'll get to see what's coming out from all the other companies. Uh, let me take a quick scroll through here. If you're a Deja Thoris fan, there's going to be a lot coming at you from Dynamite Comics. Uh, I'm really surprised they're not. I was kind of hoping to see that they were going to put out more The Boys stuff because that's launched. Have you started? I saw you and uh, Daniel came back. Uh, Are you guys watching season one or season two of that? Season two. We we started off with the first three episodes that got dropped uh, last week or two weeks ago um, of season two. And uh, we'll be doing the one episode they release every week on that. And I saw that you and uh, Andy also did your own pitch of the boys, but in the perspective Marvel DC comic books or universe. Yeah, so. I decided I thought it'd be really cool to have Jimmy Olsen uh, grow a beard in the style of Billy Butcher. So I'm giving that to the world. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like Jimmy Olsen is more equivalent to Huey, but sure, let's let's make him Billy Butcher. Well, I so I took Rick Jones. He's my Huey. But right. now that I've learned more about the boys, it's like, oh, my goodness. So, like, I don't even know how that would translate in the DC comics. Like. I guess that means Superman um, took advantage of Lucy Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be yeah. It's pretty yeah. equivalent there. So I, I don't know. I just don't want to think of that Superman. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but uh, so, but anyways, yeah. The boy stuff is out there. Uh, let's see from Marvel. What are we getting? We are getting Amazing Spider-Man: Sins of Norman Osborn. So the Sins Rising event. It, it's rising in issues. Um, so Nick Spencer has taken the Sin Eater and brought him back. But unfortunately, the event is getting overplayed, which is quite the bummer because I was excited about this one, but there's a lot. So if you're still collecting it, here's another spinoff issue, The Sins of Norman Osborn. So get ready for that. Uh, Captain America issue 23 will be out. And this one has the really nice... Um, Alex Ross variant. So he recently did a big mural at Marvel Comics offices. It has timeless versions of all the Marvel heroes. Well, not all of them, but a big selection. And so we are going to get variant covers of those paintings. So you have this nice portrait bust of Captain America checking you out. So that's something if you uh, if you want to get some nice art, the cheap and easy way through comic books, that's the way to go. I mean, I feel like there's a joke in there with what recently happened with Chris Evans on Twitter, but we we'll pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> at least the camera was topside <laughs> uh, captain marvel issue 19 gets a second printing and this is kind of neat because we get to see the uh, uh so like i said i haven't been following empire i do hear good stuff which makes me happy uh so we get to see on this variant cover that there are more judges more accusers 
So basically Ronan the Accuser. So we get to see uh looks like Rescue, War Machine, and Spider-Woman all carrying those funky Cree hammers. Mm-hmm. So that'll be pretty wild to see what they do with that action. Um, this is something that's blowing my mind. Conan is going to be taking on Mephisto. That's right. Conan is not just in one time zone anymore. He's all over the place. So that's <laughs> going to be wild. Um, I have a strong feeling, though, that we are going to be getting a <clears throat> excuse me, Mephisto-led event here pretty soon for Marvel, just because he's popping up in too many places. So hopefully they'll they'll tie in with that. Um, Empire issue four is getting a second printing and this was the big one. I believe that was the wedding of Billy and, um, Tommy. Well, Hulk, Hulkling, there you go. Tommy, Tommy and, uh, well, Hulkling and, and God, I can't remember any of their names, <laughs> but, uh, Hulkling and Wicked and finally tie the knot. So we get to see what's going on there. So if you missed out, you get your second chance. Excalibur issue 12 will be out and this is going to be the big prelude to X of Swords. So I don't know how I feel about this event. Like I'm excited for it, but I got to be honest with you with event fatigue. This one, I'll just keep getting my regular issues and I'll probably have to wait for trade paperback or hardcover. But I'm very intrigued because I've been noticing a theme across the X-Men world of comics. They've been playing a lot of chess. And so I oh. love this color, this cover of Excalibur, where you see the White Queen playing chess with various mutants, and it's like she's manipulating people. But then above her is a, is the hand of Apocalypse going to play her like a chess piece as well. So I love yeah. that mystery of you don't know who's doing what. So I think that's great. I said I said Tommy earlier. I meant to say or Teddy because it was it's there. We go Teddy, yeah. Yeah, Teddy and Billy, because Tommy's the brother. There we go. Yep, now it's all clicking again. There we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Giant Size X-Men this month will focus on Storm. Uh, so this one's going to be really good. It's directly by Jonathan Hickman. So I'm excited when he is writing the comics. I think he's going to do some beautiful stuff. And the regular cover is beautiful. It's by Russell Dowderman. Oh, that is just a great, like, I've been getting into this idea of collecting covers as, like, giant trading cards. Ooh. I think that is just a, a beautiful cover right there. So if you're looking for a um, <clears throat> a very classic looking storm, that would be the way to go. Uh, the other that. one by oh, go ahead. Oh no. Uh, well, I was just gonna say I love that. I know that uh, you know they probably use giant size for other titles too. But like whenever I hear giant size, I always think X Men. Like I always figure they're the ones that are doing the giant size, whatever. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely. Uh, it's been used before, as we saw last last time when we did our Invader special. Giant Size Invaders was first, but Giant Size yeah. X-Men made it cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Oh, and then speaking of those covers, though, so the uh, the Alex Ross Timeless Storm cover will also be available as the Giant Size X-Men Storm number one. So check, check that out as well. Hellions is starting to pick up steam. So Hellions issue four will be out there. And if you thought the Summers family was complicated enough, it takes another curveball because Madeline Pryor, the first wife of of Cyclops and the mother of Cable, she's back. Um, So yeah, she's causing all kinds of trouble, which is great. But then the best part about that is she also had a short-term affair with Havoc so Havoc is a member of the Hellions. So this is going to be very exciting to see what kind of dynamic shift that they'll have going on there. Uh, Immortal Hulk gets a zero issue. So this might be a neat way to look at the uh, new additions to the origin of Hulk. 
Immortal Hulk number 37 will be out, continuing that uh, story arc. Immortal Hulk 37 will have a variant as well, which will be the Alex Ross Timeless Hulk cover. Iron Man is going to get a new story, or sorry, not a new story, a new comic book series by Christopher Cantwell. Uh, Christopher Cantwell seems like he really wants to play with the uh, engineering aspects of Tony Stark. So I'm very excited to see what he's going to do on his run of Iron Man. So that'll be neat. And again, issue one also has the timeless variant by Alex Ross. So if you're into those, definitely get that. Um, Let's see. What else are we? Gosh, they're doing a lot of variants for that one. Um, We have a bunch of Star Wars books, so I will gloss over those. (laughs) I always feel bad. I wonder if Sam ever listens is like, come on, Chris, give me some love. (laughs) Um, If you do want to save some money, the True Believer comics will be releasing Cypher number one. So I believe this is going to either be the first appearance of Douglas Ramsey or it's going to be a very pivotal story of his from the New Mutants era. Uh, we get Havoc number one. So this would be the first appearance of Havoc back in the classic X-Men days. We get True Believers X-Men Magic number one. So this is part one of the Magic four-part series that took her from being a young little girl, sticking her in limbo, and then bringing her back so she could be the ultimate warrior that she has become in the X-Men comic books. Um, we have the X-Men are going to be featured in the Marvel snapshots this time. So we will get a nice Cyclops story out of that one. So I'm very excited about this one. What are the snapshots? I come from, so the snapshots are basically kind of like, I I don't want to say they're direct origin stories, but they're, they're going to focus on a character in the Marvel universe. So I think so far we've had like Captain America and Iron Man, So Cyclops is going to get the honor of being the first X-Man of the group. So what's going to happen in this cover, or sorry, not this cover, in this story, it's going to be a young Cyclops basically witnessing the birth of the Marvel Universe. So how did it affect him? What did he think? Did this help turn him to deciding to be a hero? Or what were things like that? So we've seen it be hinted at that, you know, Cyclops as a kid, not necessarily a kid, but as an older teenager, you know, witnessed the fantastic four on the news. So now we're going to get to see a little bit more insight to like, what did that do to him? So I guess they're just kind of like, they're, they're good character pieces. Uh, They're kind of tying into that whole idea of, I think last year was the 25th anniversary of Marvel's. So they've been getting Kurt Busiek to, Uh, team up with a lot of younger writers and do some just stories that tie into big moments of the Marvel universe and all that fun stuff. Mm, Okay. Yeah. Uh, X-Men issue 12 will be out. This is part of the X of swords, the prelude stories Avengers of the wasteland will be getting a trade paperback. So this is the world of old man Logan, but now we're starting to see some hope so we can see new versions of Ant-Man Thor and the Hulk by uh, legacy heroes as brought to us by Ed Breeson. Um, Marvel spider or sorry, Marvel masterworks continues on. We're at volume 22 of Spider-Man. I love the Marvel masterworks line. I think they're fantastic. And I'm so excited that this, like you can literally get a run of Spider-Man comics um, his first appearance all the way up to the eighties. So you can vaguely see, but on the cover there, they have Spider-Man versus the juggernaut. Um, if that's the story I'm thinking of, that one's a really neat one because it's the first time Spider-Man's got a fight 
the juggernaut solo and he comes up with a really crafty way to beat him so you've got spider-man don't you mitch i do okay so the, the the thing he did there was basically he went to a construction site and managed to drop the juggernaut into the foundation and apply more cement so there's <laughs> a big hint in case you need <laughs> i mean i guess if, uh, he never the juggernaut never gets momentum then you don't have to worry about stopping him like he's already stopped right you just pour yep, his- yep. Exactly. So Spider-Man's going to have concrete webbing here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, and this is a neat trade that's coming out. Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, Spider-Women. So obviously the spider characters are huge right now. So if you want to get some stories about May Mayday Parker from the uh, MC2 world or Silk or the original Spider-Woman Jessica Drew, this is going to be a big trade to check out. And I would definitely keep my eye on Silk. Um, I believe she's going to start looking, they're looking towards getting her her own show. And she recently won the uh, Marvel Legends uh, fan vote to get a figure made of her. Nice. I I didn't know about the the figure thing. But yes, uh, over at Sony Pictures Television, we are going to, they are they are working towards their live action and animated TV shows over there. Uh, Phil Lord and uh, Chris Miller are going to be the ones running up, uh, running that, uh, at least that division of spider Spider-Man television stuff. And um, because of their success with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So they hired a writer to write a new live action TV show uh, her name is, I believe it's Lauren Moon. I don't have the stuff in front of me right now. Uh, but it is very highly speculated because she is Korean American. And Cindy Moon, who also has the same last name of Moon, is Korean American character. And uh, that she'll be creating a Silk TV show, which I think is going to be pretty awesome. Like, I don't know a lot about Silk, but I, I how I understand it from you and uh, what I've read is that uh, she got bit by the same spider that Peter Parker got bit, but she got kidnapped or taken away uh right afterwards and that way she's uh she she's trained essentially to do other things with her powers yeah yeah so she was definitely she was kidnapped right away and uh once they found out it's like oh this is not just a normal and i don't say this lightly but a normal victim of human trafficking like she's a a mutant or a meta you know they just they didn't know at the time but yeah they decided like hey Let's let's uh let's let's practice with her. Let's let's see what we can do to her. So I think it's a it's a great story. I like the fact that she's tied in with Peter Parker. And I think it's an interesting twist too because it's not just the fact that yeah, they were bit by the same spider, but too when they're near each other like the physical chemistry is just so much so it's like they kind of have to stay apart. So I just think it's an interesting twist to how Spider-Man interacts with other spider characters. Now, also to go along with that uh, trade paperback, um, it was announced earlier in the year that Olivia Wilde was going to be directing a movie in the Spider-Verse universe. And uh, most people speculated that it would be a Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew uh, movie. So that's a thing that could also be happening here pretty soon. Yeah, no, they're definitely going to be, I don't know if this is possible, but they're going to be milking a lot of spiders <laughs> very soon at, at Sony. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sony has that that property and they're going to use the hell out of it. Like they've just thrown everything out there saying, hey, we're going to make a Craven movie. We're going to make a, like we are, well, we already got a Venom, two Venom movies and a Morbius movie. And, you know, yeah. they're probably, they'll probably do a, a Rhino movie and a Scorpion movie too at some point. <laughs> no kidding, right? I'm looking forward to uh, J. Jonah Jameson, the animated series. I think that'd be great. 
Sure, why not? Just have him be a news hound. Yeah, it's the quest of one man's desire to get pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> right. uh, all right, well, let me wrap up this uh, spinner rack real quick. So I think these are some neat collections that are going to be coming out. You have X-Men Grand Design is going to get an omnibus edition. So Ed Piscor did a fantastic job of writing and drawing a graphic chronicle of the X-Men from day one till, I don't, I want to say probably like the 90s. It's a beautiful work of art, so I highly recommend that. X-Men Milestones continues on. So these take some of the best stories to come out of the X-Men comics. So Second Coming was huge. This is when Hope finally comes back to the modern day Marvel Universe. So it's a fantastic story with beautiful art and the stakes are high. And this one, just because it's fun, for some reason, X-Men Reloaded is getting reprinted. So the adventures of Chuck Austin killing the X-Men is back in print again. (laughs) (laughs) i'll get to read that uh uh, romeo and juliet story again with um uh what is it Uh, angel and one of the country kids (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, so i think that's pretty wild looking there so all right that's what we have on the spinner rack this week was there anything from uh dc fandom that you wanted to talk about before we get into our challenge I saw a couple of neat little clip bits here, um, and this one's kind of a bummer. So I guess at DC Fandom, they were going to do a – well, they did a Crisis on Infinite Earths panel. And I got to say, I did not think I'd live long enough to see Crisis on Infinite Earths done in live action. Now, granted, it's not a one-for-one retailing, but for what it is, it's still pretty fun. They had like a deleted scene that was going to be revealed by Mark Guggenheim or somebody, and it didn't happen. So it's like, wait a second, you know, I I, I bought the DVD. <laughs> so it's like, I thought I had all the all the bonuses. Now I find out that something's out there, but they didn't show it. So uh, the tease is still out there. So hopefully we will get more um, more surprises coming to us from the world of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and then I also saw, I guess, I think somebody asked Jim Lee because he did like a a Q&A panel on the fandom. And so people were asking like, hey, is something going to happen? So he he addressed the whole 5G thing. And he says, there will not be a project called 5G or a big re- reboot or whatever. Uh, we really want to focus on individual titles and organically build up individual characters over the course of the next year. Um, so that's going to be interesting because that's what he's telling us. And I'm fine with 5G not happening because I feel like, Like it's of course you want more representation and more characters in the DC comics. Who doesn't? But I feel like it's almost the problem that you have with disconnecting the characters you already have, though, because Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are always going to be timeless. But when you start sprinkling in more sidekicks or more new generational characters, it it makes them not as concrete as they could be in that timelessness. So I, I prefer, I think when they introduce new characters, I think that's great. Like go back to the nineties, you know, Superman gained a family with steel Superboy and the eradicator. Batman got Azrael as part of his team. Wonder woman brought another Amazonian forward with Artemis. So I think when you do characters that way, I think that's great. That still has that legacy vibe, but it's not taking the main driver out of the seat, you know? Yeah. I do appreciate legacies. I mean, like I, you don't get Ted Cord if you don't have legacies. You don't get Hal Jordan. So I think that's great. Uh, but at the same time, though, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but if you if you take the characters out, because at the end of the day, we know the status quo will come back. 
which is, it is what it is, but a crafty writer will learn how to make the status quo work for them. And that's what I hope they do with a lot of these new characters. Uh, I believe John Ridley Scott, you know, he's going to have something planned with Batman. I hope this character that he creates, I hope it takes off. I hope it does fantastic. Uh, because if they had tried to take Bruce Wayne out of the cowl and then stick a new character in, eventually we all know Bruce Wayne would come back. So I hope yeah. this is a better path towards keeping a character in a longer range. Uh, looking at that art you have up right now, the Jim Lee uh, splash cover with all those um, uh, all those superheroes in it on it, the Shazam emblem on that chest, geez, that thing is huge. That's like the biggest I've ever seen that being <laughs> drawn. Like I think that's a that's insane. Yeah, no, it's it's. Yeah, it, it Jim Lee went to town on that one. Um, but I do love this image because I think it's really good. Like if you look at it, you can see they've got the new Batwoman for CW. Uh-huh. Uh, they've got the class or they've got the Teen Titans Go as well as, you know, various other versions of characters yeah, in did. all their incarnations. And I think that's great because like I remember when Marvel first announced they were going to do the Agents of Shield TV show and they were like, yeah, it counts. It's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was like that's so cool. You know, that's a great idea. So we were hoping that Man of Steel would tie in with the CW shows and they didn't directly which was kind of a letdown, but then all of a sudden Jeff John says, no, man, it, it all counts. And to me, that was exciting because love it or hate it, but that means the Adam West TV show is a thing in the DC universe. The nineties flash show is a thing. Arrow is a thing. Like it all counts. So to me, that just made this universe so much bigger. And I think that's great. And that's why I really enjoy this piece of art. Uh, now that you've pointed out Shazam's logo though, <laughs> I can't stop seeing it. That is a giant lightning <laughs> bolt. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't recognize because that's all I saw when I first looked at the picture, but I didn't see, look at I didn't see the fact that you had a animated version of Batgirl and Supergirl on the, on the bottom there. Like those are very, a specific version of those characters. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's just neat. I love the fact that it's all there. I am sad though. I didn't see Hal Jordan on it. So that was a bummer. (laughs) You have, have you don't have, that's the only green lantern. Yeah, that's the only Green Lantern. So it scares me because I really hope the Green Lantern property does great. Uh, Robins are getting a lot of love. You see the Teen Titans go Robin. You see a Robin in armor. I'm, I'm assuming that's probably from the video games. Um, you see Nightwing up there. So he got he got very lucky in that regard. But some of the others, yeah, not so much. But I do find it exciting. I see Static Shock is back. That's a character. Uh-huh. God, why did they bench him? Like... If you're talking about, you know, like Static Shock is a precursor to Miles Morales. Like that would have been a character that, I mean, the guy had his own TV show, you know? So it's like, what, like DC, what were you thinking? Like they should have put him in Young Justice or Teen Titans or something, you know? So, but instead they just benched him. So, but hopefully next year there's a lot of talk of Milestone, Milestone Comics returning to the DC universe. So hopefully we'll, we'll get to see some action there. I can't wait. 
Yep. And uh, just two quick things. So we are going to be getting some more DC Earth One books. I think that's fantastic. Um, I, I still need to read both volumes of Green Lantern. So I, I need to get caught up on that. But we also know that there's an Aquaman Earth One and a Flash Earth One out there. So hopefully those will be coming to light. Um, rumor was that they kind of got held up because the thought process was maybe we should do... Um, uh, we maybe they should do those set in the current modern DC universe. So that'll be interesting to see uh, if the plans changed or not. And then a bit of good news that was pretty exciting was Batman three jokers. Jeff John said it is in continuity. So I am very excited to see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds good. So there's our little bit of uh, uh, news to go along with our new comic book day spinner rack but i think it's time to get into our challenge yeah it's time to put on our super suits and beat up some bad guys uh, super suits uh so like i said earlier it is at and comics tweet that uh we based this off of but we tweaked it to our own uh i guess our own desires so to speak and um Let's go over. Let's go over who. And I think this is this challenge is going to be a little bit different because we're going to be working together a little bit more. Like we're definitely going to. I mean, you have your guys and I have my guys, but we're going to. I figure I'm I'm going to throw in a couple what I have to say about your characters, and you're going to throw in what you have to say about my characters. And of the course, heroes always team up. <laughs> so who who is it that uh, you got to have to fight, uh, Wally West? All right, so the Sinister Six that's going to come to Keystone City will consist of Craven the Hunter, Spot, Electro, Scorpion, Shocker, and Lizard. So that's the six that I got to throw against Wally and see if I can get him to quickly escape from that fatal foe situation. See, I, I love the fact that in, in your mind, it's the Sinister Six going to Keystone. Like, in my mind, it's spidey getting dropped into keystone kind of thing like he has he like <laughs> the heroes are the ones that traded places not the villains so that's that's interesting oh, okay no i mean you go with the way that you you said like that's i just <laughs> funny it's the way that our two brains work um yeah. now for me spidey uh peter parker is gonna have to go up against captain cold murmur mirror master captain boomerang zoom and turtle Oh, turtle nice <laughs> what am i gonna do with turtle like <laughs> i don't tell you what i you even... gotta take him out first though you know that right because if you yeah. give him time he's just gonna get better for it <laughs> I, was say, I, was like, I don't even know how the the flash takes out turtle it, when he goes up against him so that's that's uh that was an interesting one for me so <laughs> uh yeah let's go ahead and get right into it i'll go with uh with uh mine first all right. So Peter Parker finds himself in Keystone City. You know, he he needs to figure out uh what is he what's he doing there, but now uh a, a set of rogues come walking out of the alleyway and they see another super costumed person. I don't know, would would, would they go the J Jonah Jameson route and be like, "Oh, you you're wearing a full mask, you must be a villain. So you must be part of us, right?" So, I, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, it would be one of those things like, how do you determine who's what? So, like, because you could look at Spider-Man and you could, you know, you could almost see the rogues being like, oh, he's wearing a spider costume. And in the DC universe, there's really not that many spider themed heroes. Right. You know, um, 
I, I, in my mind, I had to think about it. And I was like, well, the reason Peter ends up in, um, ends up in, in Keystone is because of mirror master. Like he opened up a portal and, you know, through some sheer luck. So I would say, yeah, I think they both get suckered into thinking they're on the same team at first. <laughs> so it's like Pete's like, all right, yeah, these guys, you know, they're they're hard and edgy, but they're cool. I'm digging it. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, they're like all, you know, like, here, mate, hold on to this. And then bam, they start robbing a bank, and Spider-Man's like, oh no. <laughs> My spider sense is tingling too late. <laughs> yeah, obviously he'd be like, Oh, it's a bunch of edgy superheroes, a bunch of edgy heroes. I've ha- I've hung out with Wolverine before. This this shouldn't be that big of a deal. Like I I can handle that. And then all of a sudden, yeah. What do you mean I'm part of a a, a a bank robbery? And why does that guy have not doesn't have a face and and like looks like he's gonna kill a bunch of people? This isn't good. <laughs> yeah, oh J. Jonah Jameson's gonna love this. <laughs> Peter's gonna take pictures of it and Jay's gonna be like, Yep, see, I told you he was a menace. He's robbing that bank with those villains. It's a uh, multiversal menace. <laughs> so if I'm going to go up against these uh, these villains of Spider-Man, the uh, first thing he does is he takes out uh, Murmur. Listen, I don't know. I, like I said, I, the way I said, I, I don't know uh, this villain all too well. But uh, when you're talking about like uh, uh, villains that are non-powered and use weapons, like Peter already goes up against Craven. Like I don't see how Murmur is going to do anything that's going to be any better than Craven. So. I, I figure that's going to be your easiest uh, um, takeout, so to speak. So, Murmur goes first. Now, going up against Mirror Master, he's going to have to keep him around if that's how he ended up being in this 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 world. But uh, fighting the spot, it should be pretty sim- similar. Like he should just be able to. His spider sense should be the thing that allows him to have the most uh, advantage. Like his spider sense will get him through that fight. Um, Captain, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, Captain, you'll know to be like, hey, if I hit this mirror, that'll shoot out something that could, you know, pop McCulloch in the face. Yeah, exactly. Or it's going to be allow him to know where McCulloch is going to show up before he shows up, kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Captain Boomerang is probably the most e- uh, easy, like one one to one for his villains because he has a boomerang villain. Like it's yep. it's simple it's pretty simple so i think the webbing is going to be the one that that saves him on this it's going to be as soon as a boomerang goes flying through the air he he, he throws up a, a giant web it can catch it all like a web catches flies or he could simply pick them out one by one with the web stream kind of thing nice i like that <laughs> then we get to captain cold who more than likely is the leader and to me, I think we talked about this in text message. Like, it's going to be Spidey's like lesser talked about spider power of quips, Spidey quips, and, and being annoying. That's going to eventually win him out for Captain Cold. He's just going to get so frustrated and so upset. Like, it's going to be like, why do you keep talking? I don't understand this. And uh, eventually, it will throw him off his game. Yep, he, uh, he's going uh, to annoy Cold to death. <laughs> <laughs> it's just just take me to prison already like here handcuff me i handcuff myself yeah just shut up kid <laughs> now, would that be also equivalent to to boomerang in because i know that i haven't read comics in a while but the last time i was reading spider-man comics boomerang was peter parker's roommate right 
Yeah, that's right. At the, I think it was Nick Spencer's run at the start of it. He brought him over and was like, hey, Boomerang, you're living with Spider-Man. And then, yeah, Boomerang now, he is kind of... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, well, so like I almost feel like Boomerang is getting that buildup. Like he's still goofy, but he's getting that buildup to being Captain Cold. You know what I'm saying? Like, like he's going to be the leader of the many foes of Spider-Man, but he's not as calculating and as cool. He's just like uh, the Kmart knockoff version. He's a go-bot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now he was he was Peter Parker's roommate, but he wasn't necessarily trying to be a good guy, right? Well, he's definitely, he's one of those, like, like kind of thing like Catman. It's like, I'm going to do what's best for myself and maybe a couple others, but I'm not altruistic, but I'm not totally sinister. That yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. But with Captain Cold, there was a recent version of him that was a good guy. Like he was fighting crime and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, they've been playing with him that it's like the rogues are more like we just want money, we don't want to cause chaos. So, you know, they'll they'll take people down that cross a line if they if they deem somebody has crossed a line. Okay. So, uh that's what I was going to say, is just the the two versions of like maybe Peter Parker can also talk uh to Captain Cold into being like, "Hey, this isn't what you really want to do. You don't want to be this kind of guy if he's got that experience with boomerang." But that's a more serious conversation instead of the quippy, I want to uh, play around kind of thing. <laughs> yep. Um, so next comes up is Turtle. Yes, Turtle is going to be a very difficult uh, fight for, for Spider-Man. I don't think there's... I don't, I don't personally think there's an equivalent that Spider-Man has fought that would be the same. Can you think of anybody? Oh my goodness, the turtle. Like, it's weird. Like, uh, it, and it depends because sometimes the turtle is just crazy slow. Sometimes he's uh, like available to slow people down. So it's like it, my first instinct is to think maybe it's um, uh, Sandman, just because it's like you're not necessarily in control of your what's the word I'm looking like your powers, your, your speed and stuff like that. So it, it could be something to that effect, but I want to say like, uh, Oh man, I'm trying to think like who could play with gravity on that sense, you know, where it's like Spider-Man is like trying to throw a punch and it's like, I'm going half a foot an hour. This is too ridiculously slow, you know? So I, I guess the closest I see is, is Sandman, but nobody else outside of that. That's directly the turtle. This is going to be a tough challenge on that part. So yeah, I, uh, to me, the the best thing that you you could Spider Man could do uh, in defeating the turtle is he has to outthink him. Now Peter Parker, it's like he has a vast intelligence. He's a very in- intelligent character in the Marvel U. We just don't play that up that much anymore. I feel like yeah. I, I I mean I know that there's there's things in there and you know there's he they they show him being smart, but like. He's supposed to be one of the higher up there's, and I think that's what's going to eventually win him out on uh, the turtle. He's going to be able to outthink him. However, the hardest person for Peter to to defeat is going to be Zoom. Uh, Hunter's all in with his uh, sociopath ways and and uh, killing people and and being able to 
he has time travel powers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Professor right. can can manipulate time. Yeah, so uh, that's just going to be a very hard one to hit. I don't know if he beats him. The only, I think, the only way that he wins is if Zoom's own hubris gets in gets in his way, and like his own mistake is what is going to be his downfall. Yeah, like I see it playing that way. Like maybe you could argue the guilt. Like maybe Zoom goes back and he sees that moment with with uh, with Uncle Ben or Gwen Stacy. Like maybe that plays, but even then, I don't see it doing too much because Zoom is going to be like more laughing at those moments instead of feeling sorrow for those moments. You know, so yeah, it's it's going to have to be Professor Zoom kind of upsets himself more than anything. So I think, I think that's how those all play out. What do you, how do you feel? I went with that. Not too bad. Like I said, for me, and and it's tough because again, like the turtle, he's such a complex character because sometimes they draw him and he just looks like an old man. So it's not necessarily that Spider-Man's going to be like, I need to go after that guy. You know, so, but to me, like, I would have gone after the turtle first just because it feels like that tortoise in the hair thing. So it's like, if you give the turtle more time, he might be disastrous. Mm-hmm. But Zoom is such a tough battle. But you were right with, you know, it's like Spider Man's ultimately going to see, okay, cold, his personality, the only way I can beat this guy <laughs> is to upset him terribly. Uh, yeah. Captain Boomerang, just take advantage of the fact that the guy's a goof and web him up. Um, you know, so like, yeah, you, you nailed it in all the places. Uh, the experience with the spot and, and Mysterio is perfect to help take down, um, mirror masters. So those were, those were great. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, you take down the four you can, and then it's those two unknowns that are going to be the tough ones to see, but Spider-Man's one of those guys he endures. So that's, it's a weird power, but it works. (laughs) All right. Sinister Six walk into Keystone City. How does Wally West take out uh take them out? Now, is this Wally West from uh, the Obsidian Age? Is this Wally West from the Silver Age? Is this Wally West current uh from Reaper? Well, if it's current, then I have the power of Doc Manhattan, so we're done. <laughs> um I, I I would play this as this is this is like that JLA era Wally West that we saw, you know, like he is, he's all about the speed force. Um, he's hip and confident in his powers. He's still a little cocky, but you know, at the end of the day, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he has all that experience as kid flash and he's been the flash for a couple of years and he's, he's kind of over himself worrying about his uncle Barry's legacy. Like he's kind of come to it to him, to his own. So, yeah. So when I look at that, so he definitely sees these guys. And when you look at the looks of them, like Craven, yeah, that guy is going to look pretty villainous. Um, You've got Spot, Electro, Scorpion, Shocker, and Lizard. So I I feel right off the bat, those guys are going to instigate the fight. Like Wally, I don't know. He is is heroic looking. So I could see the bad guys, like especially Electro being like, ah, man, here's another suit, you know. So I, I could see just them automatically taking on the Flash. There is no like, hey, he's got powers. He could be a villain. So I feel like that's going to be the first strike. Okay. So the way I would play this out. Um, so to me, the big threat is going to be Spot. 
you're not going to be able to know that he's a big threat just because of the way the costume looks. You're going to be like, who's this polka dot man? You know, so I don't think he's going to go after him. Um, I feel like Lizard is going to be the first one to go after just because of the the Mark. appearance of the character. You know, he's a big mutate. So he would definitely go after the Lizard. Um, that's easy because Wally does know a little bit about science. So he would know to to put the lizard in a cold area, you know, like, okay, this way he's he's slower moving and, and stuff like that. And once he puts him in that, it kind of handicaps him and he just KOs him right on the spot. I'd say you'd get that one. Uh, when he comes back, then he's got to deal with the fact that you've got Electro and Shocker. So those guys, right off the bat, that takes me to... Um, like, like Captain Cold and Heat Wave with the with the projectile power guns and stuff like that, so those shouldn't be too bad. Um, I don't want to say Spider Man has the ability to direct electricity, or not Spider Man. Flash has the ability to direct the tri- electricity, so I don't think he can use that to his advantage. But luckily, with him being super speedful, like the Shocker won't be much. Like he'll be able to see those shock waves coming at him. But electricity does move pretty fast, so that might be the one. So I'd say Electro gets lucky, gets a couple of hits in, but ultimately this is where like Flash is like, all right, enough of this, you know, star-headed dude. I'm going to knock him out. So he winds up taking those two guys down pretty quick. So um, I know that I know that it's not exactly the same, but the way that you know drawings always portray speed force and and speedsters in the D in the DC universe is they have that lightning they they ride the lightning so to speak though does right. that have an advantage when fighting someone like electro will he be able to control that and maybe even throw it back at him you know that's such a tough one because you're right they always love to draw that where they're just like even when they're standing still they're radiating energy you know but mm-hmm. I know from the concept, though, it's supposed to be like that lightning comes from the yellow belt, from the wingtips on his ears, from the boots. Gotcha. So it's not really something that's there. So I don't know, because like I, I picture, you know, if if Flash gets struck by lightning, he's got the same chance as you and I have, you know, so I don't I don't see that. Um I do know that he can lend speed to people mm-hmm. and he can take speed from people like that used to be one of the big powers. And unfortunately they didn't play with those too much. So I I'd say he could definitely take it and lend it to the people, but I don't think he'd be able to take it to the, the electricity. So it's just one of those things where it's like, if Electro gets off a clean shot and catches Wally off guard, it's going to make contact, you know? So I, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks cool on the page but yeah i just i've never associated electricity with the flash you know like just because they'll be like hey thor and he got his powers no <laughs> no <laughs> not the same <laughs> Fair. okay so yeah so i would have him go after those two guys take them down right away shocker is going to go down easy electro not so much but again you know it's one of those things where flash will catch on where it's like oh you know what races over grabs a pair of rubber gloves and just goes to town on him, you know, knocks him out right there. Um, and again, I think it'd be really neat. So I would say Craven and Scorpion, they kind of go back to their animal totem. So they kind of start doing that hunter prey bit. So you'll see them kind of lurking in the shadows. And if they're smart, this is where you could get Craven shot or sorry, Craven and Scorpion and Spot working together. 
So I think Spot starts using that where he's like teleporting them in. So like one minute while he's standing there and he gets punched in the side of the head by Craven, the scorpion's tail pops out of nowhere and stat, you know, shocks him one. So Wally's kind of getting thrown off guard. And this is that's gonna be that like, uh oh, could the hero fail type of thing? So I think this is where it'd be neat, as I mentioned earlier, that ability to lend speed or take speed from people. So I think it would be neat to at first he's lending speed to Craven and Scorpion. So then they eventually get to a point where they're like, yeah, we don't need the spot to teleport us in. But at the same time, like Craven, while he is skilled and he can hunt like a cheetah, would a cheetah know how to react to super speed right away? No, it's mm. learned. It's not just because you got the power means you know how to do the power. Like I'm sure there's untold tales of the flash running into walls every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where it would be neat to have those moments like like Craven's going to get angry because he's like, why am I skilled and I can't do it? Like I plan to to land here and I overshot. So he's just going to get a little bit aggro. Wally's going to come up and, you know, speed punch him a thousand times. Uh, the Scorpion, part of his abilities come from the electronics in his suit. So I think that's when you'll start seeing like his tail blow out. And then Matt Gargan's going to be like, oh, no. So he loses the tail. And then once that happens, and even then I think it'd be maybe fun to like, you know, maybe Spot recognizes that Scorpion's, you know, like, hey, you're 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 kind of losing. So he tries to teleport him. And that's where Wally could steal power or not power, but momentum from the spot. So like a, a portal doesn't close properly. But you see like Scorpion come out and his tail's lobbed off and, you know, he lands right in front of Wally and Wally just decks someone. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the last guy we've got is the spot and that would be tough but that's where i rely on the fact that again the mirror master um i think that they have that experience to where it's like okay you know so at first the spot is trying to be like well i'll open up this portal and i'll open up that portal and open but imagine it's got to take energy and power to open portals so as fast as he may be able to portal wally out wally returns right away because again since i set this in keystone wally's gonna know like his locations where to go and stuff like that so i think he just basically burns out burns out the spot like eventually the spot's like ah and just collapses right there and then wally's like oh okay that's it (laughs) (laughs) just add insult to injuries like man i didn't realize the rogues were having an amateur night (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it so, uh, I, I mean, obviously, eventually, our, our two heroes come out ahead. They come out uh, on the winning side. But, which, it makes sense. Spider-Man is used to dealing with the Sinister Six all at once. And Wally West is used to dealing with the Rogues all at once. So, why wouldn't they be able to take on this uh, these other teams as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Like, um, I know, like you, you got the harder bunch with, with, like I said, with Zoom. For me, and it's interesting because if you go back to um, the spot when uh, Mark Wade was writing Daredevil, he made him a little bit more deadly. So it's one of those things where it's like, if the spot is that goofy villain, then I'm okay. But if the spot gets to that point where he's like, I'm gonna try to open portals and close them real quick. Say he nabs off one of Wally's limbs. Yeah, that's going to make things a little bit more tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was the villains showing up in Keystone City. Does it play out any different if Flash shows up in New York City? I think so. So if you go back to the idea, because 
it, like granted flash is like well i know what my new york city looks like but they've played with the idea that the dc earth and the marvel earth they're different properties don't work the same mm -hmm. so i would say that yeah does the speed force exist in the marvel universe i don't think it does so it's like wally is just a dude you know so it's gonna be like oh crap you know so he and even if you say like okay well do like they did in jail avengers where you make a prosthetic that captures a bunch of speed force energy and gives it to wally so he can go through and try again now he's got to protect that technology and also he has to he has to be very mindful of how he uses his abilities because he only got so much gas in the tank you know i like it i like it a lot yeah if the if the rogues show up in peter parker's new york city it's only more of an advantage for Peter Parker, <laughs> unfortunately, because yep. they they'll be thrown off. Like they'll be like, "What do you mean? There's a kingpin of crime here that we need to deal with?" Yeah, you know, and heaven help him if the Punisher shows up. <laughs> All right, Chris, I think the that was a pretty interesting challenge. So, if anybody else out there has challenges for us, we'd love to try them out please send them in we'd love to hear from you if you want to get a hold of me though personally you can find me on twitter i'm at mitchipedia gem gem stands for geek elite media chris where can people find you online hey the best place to find me also is on twitter as well i am stuff i should say uh should being spelled s-h-u-d and uh check out geekleetmedia.com uh right now rafa and i are writing up a series of articles about Ed Brubaker's Captain America and Grant Morrison's Batman. So that's been a fun series that we got going on. And then if you get a chance, go on over to AIPTcomics.com and check out the books I review. Um, I'm probably doing at least one or two a week. So that's been exciting to get to stay with the pulse of comic books. Very cool. Yeah, definitely go and check out his writings. If you want to get a hold of anybody else at Geek Elite Media, it's at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our net, on our website, GeekElitemedia.com. Uh, please check out our Patreon page. We have lots of exclusive material, including an after show for this show. It's called Reimagine If. We do a little bit extra, a little bit bonus, so... Make sure you go and uh, check that out. We'll have a special guest this week. Then, uh, if you do listen to this on a podcatcher, please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use so that we can help spread the word of our network to other people that might be interested. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always imagine to geek out. Geek out. I totally said imagine to instead of remember to. I'm a neat. It works. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast. Beep.